Hello, and welcome to the Faith and Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back for Holy Trinity Sunday for the week of May 27th, 2018. And I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited that we get to tune in and we get to dig into this text this week for Holy Trinity Sunday. But I hope all of you are doing well. I'm doing fairly well, and I would love to hear from you. And just to connect our social media right now, our one social media is Twitter. If there's a different way that you would love to interact, feel free to let me know. But our Twitter is Faith and Sci, S-C-I, pod, P-O-D, Faith and Science Podcast. You'll find us on Twitter. And so we've been sending out our, our questions of the week. And so let's kind of wrap up for where we were last week. Our last week's question was, where are you seeing the Holy Spirit outside? I kind of talked about that a little bit last week, talking about how I see it all a lot in nature. I know there's a lot of people who also see it in people, but maybe in certain characteristics of people. But we'll have to wait and see what our podcast question of the day is this week. And I would love to hear your thoughts and concerns on that. But my one quick shameless plug this week is Working Preacher. If you have not checked out Working Preacher it's worth your time. Their Sermon Braidway's podcast is awesome. I listened to two different ones for this week, and I'm really excited to dive into this week if you cannot tell, because I think there's a lot of really good stuff, and I love having Working Preacher there to help support me since I am not an ordained minister to give me a little guidance and direction. So, this week, one of the things that I found really interesting is we have a couple things that we've talked about before on the podcast. So the gospel is John chapter 3, verses 1 through 17, which the back end of this, a few weeks ago, we had, I want to say it was 12 or 14 through a different chunk. So we had the back end of this we've talked a little bit about before. But this is, I think, actually a really good precursor kind of reminding us. So we have the Pharisee Nicodemus coming to Jesus, and we have this kind of back and forth of us not really understanding the Trinity. The Pharisee Nicodemus trying to, to wrap his head around this, trying to understand how is Jesus also God and this whole mess of all this stuff. And in Jesus kind of answering, like, if you can't understand this stuff, how can I start talking to you about bigger stuff, bigger things from heaven stuff? And so actually one of the things verses that really took me back that I really enjoyed was verse 5, which is being answered from a question that Nicodemus had in verse 4. So let's start there. Nicodemus said to him, how can anyone be born after being grown old? Can one enter a second time into a mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. That's the verses 4 through 6. And so I think that's really powerful. There's some different things from a biology standpoint I'd really like to dig into a little bit on that. You also have the famous John 3.16 at the end of this that we all have heard multiple, multiple times before. And we also have this really kind of cool verse in verse 12. If I told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can I tell you about heavenly things? Kind of something I was referencing earlier. Really cool stuff I really want to kind of dive into and dig into a little bit more in a little bit. But our first reading, we're back in the Old Testament for the first time in quite a few weeks. We're in Isaiah chapter 6 verses 1 through 8. 
And this is where Isaiah is getting called to be the next prophet for the tribe of Israel. So it starts with King Azra or Isra dying, which was kind of the, the past prophet that they had had. We get the seraphs, which are the type of angels, the seraphims, which we've talked about a little bit before, which was again brought up in Working Preacher by Ralph Jacobson, that seraphs would be interpreted as a type of snake, like a flying snake that they had. According to verse 2, they had six wings, two that covered their faces, two that covered their feet, and two they flew, which I would love to see what was the idea or what was the interpretation of the feet for like a serpent. And we get the holy, 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 which is kind of this very emphasized, very probably bringing out. And we get the here I am, Lord, send me at the end of verse 8 after kind of getting this actually kind of a a dark image of God, if we want to put it that way. Kind of this almost a little bit scary vision of God. But we also have that the one of the things that was talked about in Working Preacher that the live coal that is being placed with the tongs on the lips uh, in verse 6 and then into 7, talking about blotting out the sin, it's also to kind of help anoint him as the next prophet. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. We get to go back to, and this was kind of a blast of the past for me, it's Psalm 29, and I actually checked, and this was the from the first week this year, so the first Sunday in January, this was the psalm that we had. And so I kind of, in that one, talked a little bit more about the different breakdowns of like how strong are the cedars of Lebanon. I had in there videos of a calf leaping with in the sum and the first entrance into spring. And I can attach some of that stuff. And if you want to kind of get some more resources, feel free to reach out to me and I can definitely get you that stuff. But This time when I was reading it and kind of was going through it, and especially with the tone of this week, we'll get back to this passage a lot, but it's talking really again about the strength and the awe that we can have for God. Because it's this powerful thing that goes on that we watch, and again, bringing up Working Preacher, talking about how a summer storm, we love kind of seeing the power of a summer storm. As long as it doesn't happen to us. We would prefer it happening to someone else or seeing it somewhere else. But again, it's the power of God that we're seeing in these things. And it's amazing. And we'll talk about that a little bit. And the second reading is from Romans chapter 8 verses 12 through 17. And I would argue, because you're kind of jumping into the middle of Romans here, I would go back a few more verses, especially if you're going to preach on this and kind of give some context. I feel that there is some context that's kind of being missed because the first verse talks about not living according to the flesh, but living according to the spirit, which is talked about in the 11 verses prior to this in chapter eight. But again, it's this idea kind of building off of what we were talking about last week of how the spirit coming into the body is separate. That the spirit and the vessel being the body are are separate. And we kind of ties back to a little bit of what we were seeing here in verse 5 in the gospel reading. And that, again, with the spirit, we are connected to God. We are heirs with God. So we are inherited, which Matt Skinner talked about in the podcast, which in a Roman society, that would have been huge 
because it's not like today where everybody is kind of an heir and everybody gets something that wasn't the case at that time. So that would have been something that was highly desirable just to feel that embrace. And that, again, it states at the end of here, Paul's making the fact that we suffer with him so that we can be glorified with him. And I think that's an interesting idea kind of the, to think about. We suffer with God. And through that suffering, we are also glorified. So I was kind of thinking about this and thinking about the Trinity. And I know that this maybe isn't the greatest gospel text to be kind of talking about the Trinity. But I started thinking about it and I kind of almost got this idea of like a children's sermon type of message. But I think it comes across really well. And it's a really good demonstration of how we can interpret the Trinity fairly easily right here on earth with something that we know and use dearly to us. And I think that's water. And I think it's kind of funny because, again, we look at water and we talk about water and it's one of the things with this podcast, I know I'm going to keep coming back to water because it's so important. And I'm excited to get into that. But I think for this week, as we're kind of talking about the Trinity and we're thinking about this, and it's so hard for us as people to kind of grapple and, and wrestle with the idea and get our head around the idea of a triune God, that he's always been there from before the beginning of time to now and will always be there, but that he's also in these three people, three phases, three, three things, the triune with God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And so it's at times it's really hard for us to wrap our head around. And so what I was thinking about with this is think about water. And up here in the northern U.S., I think it's very easy for us to understand maybe where I'm probably going with this. So you, you get your like glass of water out of the faucet, which is coming from below the water table, and you're getting it pumped up into your faucet. And so it's in a room temperature. It's a liquid. We can interpret that. It moves really well. It fits and forms to whatever the size of the container is. It's fluid. And then we have, we're up here in northern climates, we have a good chunk of the year where we have snow and ice. And ice will take that same glass of water and it expands. The molecules get further apart. So that's why, you know, people talk about emptying things out or giving it room so that it can expand so it doesn't break objects. And then we have it in like steam or water vapor. We've all kind of experienced hot showers where we take in that steam and just you can feel your body just kind of opening up and sucking in that beautiful, moist air that we so desire. Isn't that like the Holy Spirit? Isn't that just like what our God is? He's in three phases. Molecularly, all of those are H2O. Nothing changes that except the temperature in this case. Whatever the temperature is around it and dropping the temperature of the molecules in the water. So yeah, as they get colder, they get further and further apart. They're moving less and less, allowing them to freeze. And when they get really, really warm and really excited and they're moving around a lot, then you get the water vapor, the humidity that we so need at different times of the year. And so when we start kind of thinking about the Holy Spirit and God in that way, I think it can kind of conceptualize a little bit what we're actually talking about when we're talking about the Trinity. And I know it's a basic elementary type of idea, but God isn't supposed to be this very mystical type of thing. It, it's supposed to be an, a basic understanding. So I think when we start thinking about God in the way of water, H2O, it becomes simpler. 
And I think that's where we can also then start jumping into that verse in John, in verse 5. Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of the water and spirit, which then is immediately followed by what is born of the flesh is flesh and what is born of the spirit is spirit. And I found this absolutely amazing because he first references us of water and spirit and he uses spirit again in the next verse, but water suddenly changes into flesh. And if you know anything about the human body, we're over 80% water. We're over 80% water, probably upwards of 85% probably isn't that far of a reach. So to be comparing our flesh to water, I think is so awesome. Again, just supporting this claim of way before we had figured this out, what our body is actually made out of. And I would start to argue, and this is kind of one of my own interpretations of scripture. This is again showing how the body and the spirit or who we are in Christ are separate. That we are only being housed in this body for a time, for a period. We are renting it. We are truly renting it. And with that rent, there's upkeep and all these different things. And depending on how we do upkeep and depending on what type of body we have, it's going to be easier or harder to upkeep. And upkeep looks different to everybody. But the spirit inside of that is what's most important. It's a vessel. Your body is just a vessel to carry the spirit. And we're already separating these. And one of the things I would love to actually get into debate with somebody who probably understands this a lot deeper than I But going into where we get into later in the gospel, where two or more gathered in my name, I am there also. I have often wondered, is this also kind of then showing how we are in a way to people? And it kind of ties a little bit into when we're talking about like the Romans reading, where we have passions of the flesh and then passions of the spirit. And so because you have this natural conflict, are we really kind of two people where the spirit, we're trying to give control, but that would also, to me at least, be very comforting to have where God is constantly with me because there are two people constantly with me, just with who I am. But that's another story for another day. But again, we get this idea, this imagery of trying to understand how does this all work? And again, with if you're thinking about the Holy Spirit and thinking about God in this idea of a triune like water, I think it brings a new interpretation to kind of what we get from John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. God so loved us that he gave us the tools that we need. Water is a tool that we so desperately need. We cannot survive without it. We do not perish because we have water. Water is one of these these sources. And I don't think it's a coincidence that it's so easy for us to see water in three phases. I do not think that's a coincidence because all elements have three, three or more phases. Glass is actually a plasma. It's actually slowly, slowly moving. And that's a whole nother subject for another day. But we see at those those basic three we see so easily in our everyday life. And I don't think that's a coincidence because it's such a fundamental part of who we are. Water is such a basic part of who we are. It is essential for who we are. 
And I don't think it's a coincidence at all that Christ then made it so that we can see those three phases. And let's skip quick to Psalm 29. And this kind of comes into, if you think about it as like a storm, like I kind of stated in the introduction of it, a storm kind of brewing and how the strength to, to break trees, to cause these cows, essentially ox and calf to leap, probably for joy, but also for out of fear. If they hear a big storm coming that's really coming, they're going to head for shelter. We've talked about before when I talked about oaks and how strong oaks are and get the whirl and that's even more energy packed in there that people want for like burning firewood. That's a really desirable piece. He's stripping the forest and it's all for his glory. It's all, this is just all this power is to remind us the power of God. It's one of the things that I we can think about and I, as we're in, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, this time of where we should be starting to get spring and summer storms to kind of help bring forth the crops. We can sit there, we can watch and imagine this, the power of these storms and how this is the power of God coming to us. Something interesting to kind of think about there. But we have from all of this stuff, Talking about it from, okay, we have the triune God and trying to understand and wrap our head around this and that we then, because, and this is something I should state, because we have the spirit inside of us building off of what we have from last week and because it's been placed into these vessels and because we then have battles of the flesh and the spirit, like that's talked about here at the end of the Romans reading, we still need to surrender the self-spirit, surrender the spirit of the flesh for the spirit of the Lord so that we can then become heirs and with heirs of Christ, we suffer with him to be glorified with him. This idea of, again, we're carrying on the message, we're bringing forth the message, we are the messengers and that that's brought forth here again in the calling of Isaiah. And, it, and it's a crazy vision that this guy has. He's fairly young at this point. What a crazy vision. And to me, I wonder when you have something like this, how many visions am I missing out on because I'm not seeing it, that I just am not understanding. And again, that kind of ties back to the idea where Nicodemus is with Jesus and Jesus says, I can't talk to you about this because you won't understand it. It's like most of us not understanding astrophysics. It's very difficult for us. You got to give us all the the physics 101 to start before we get, you know, astronomy 101 so we, we can start to grapple and get our heads around these ideas. And again, I think it's this, this imagery of the power of God in a storm. We've all experienced that. Be it a snowstorm, a, a thunderstorm, a monsoon hurricane, tornado, we've seen the power with, you know, forest fire. We've seen the power of God. It can be full of majesty where it's breaking trees or the skipping of the the excitement of a calf or we've seen all these things. This is all within us and that it is in three parts. It is in three separate parts. Water needs all those three, those three components We need, if you live in the Northern Hemisphere, you know that we hate the humidity when it gets high. 
We love it in the summer at night because it helps it so the temperature doesn't drop so quickly so that we can have those long summer nights. We need the water for the grass to grow, for the plants to produce food for us to eat. And if you talk to any farmer, we need the snow up here, at least in the northern hemisphere, because we need that snow to help have the plentiful moisture in the soil, but also to give the world its rest. Other things will happen, but the ground needs a, a rest period, a dormancy, just as we need rest. So I guess the Twitter question that I would have today, so we kind of think about the calling of Isaiah, we have all this, where are you seeing the Holy Spirit within your life right now? Where are you seeing the triune God? So that's one part. And two, what is he calling you to do? I know for me, there's certain things where I feel like I'm understanding parts of it loud and clear, but there's other things where I'm not understanding where all the dots line up quite yet. I feel like I'm getting closer, but I don't see all the dots yet. And the funny thing and the amazing thing I feel like with God is the moment we connect all the dots, he says, okay, great. Now from all those dots, there's a new dot here that you need to now move on to the next section, next portion of what I have planned. So I'm excited for that in my life. I would love to hear what's going on with you guys and what different things you're connecting with and different things you're hearing God calling you to do. I hope and I would enjoy hearing feedback on if hearing about our triune trinity God in the form of water, is that helpful? Is that easier to work with? Is that easier to grapple with? I'd love to hear that. So we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.